I've got 83 chapters of my Secretary Bird fan fiction ready to go. What? <laughs> There's one part where you're just like yanking it and the Secretary Bird just stomping on a snake. Oh, it's your snake, it turns out. <laughs> Don't tread on me. People are into that. Oh my God. So, <laughs> what is happening? You wrote something beautiful in just a few seconds. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh Lord. But they like they're a very pretty bird and with like beautiful long eyelashes and it looks like they're wearing stockings. And I was like, I don't know that I like the name of this. Like the secretary bird. Yeah, it's misogynist. What else do you call it though? Like what would you rename it? I don't know. The stocking bird. Literally anything you could go with would probably be less bird. Yeah. Bird. <laughs> Tall bird. Tall bird. Pretty bird. Nondescript bird. Tall dirty bird. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I think admin assistant bird. Yeah. There you go. They prefer to yeah, be Yeah, administrative called. assistant bird. Yeah. Administrative professional bird. Why don't you, uh, <laughs> you ne- next week when you're in there, suggest a name change for your mascot? <laughs> we would like to call it the admin professional bird, yeah. please. Admin professional bird. <laughs> oh, oh I love it. Custodial bird. Should we do that? Like, should we get a list of all, like, poorly named animals and rename them with, like, woke names? Um, I think that might be part of our birds episode that we need to record. (laughs) Oh, I've already got such a list, like, to the point that I thought, this is a very exceedingly long list of birds. That you personally hate. (laughs) That I want to talk about personally for a variety of reasons. I can't wait. I feel like (laughs) I've got to catch up to you. Uh, Did you play anything good this week, Lex? Are you into the new Pokemon game? No. I've heard that the... Have you had time to do anything since you started a new no. IRL job? I come home from work and I lie in bed for a few minutes and I'm like, I'm going to watch The Office and then I just fall asleep. Crying. Oh. Yeah. That's like me. I fall asleep watching One Piece at like 1130 when I finally finished cleaning up Legos and block toys and food out of the <laughs> carpets. My favorite time is when I was over at your house once and Fiona was like, don't sit there. And then she like looked around the room and was like, mm, I actually don't know where you should sit. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous. And we started potty training this uh, week. Oh, Sunday. I was just like, you know what? I, sh- you know what? Today, buddy, we're, we're doing underwear. This is the day. Yeah. And he was like, okay, dad. And so that that's been our week. So we've had, uh, fewer accidents than I would have expected. Hey, good job. Uh, the ones that did happen were dramatic. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> Sorry if you're listening to this in the future, son, but think uh, think the elevator doors opening in uh, The Shining, the blood falling out. Is blood coming out? Is he okay? No, no, it's just it was it was a very big flow of uh, urination that just like. Um, but otherwise, relatively successful. Good job, dude. Yeah, poops and peas are going in the toilet, which is where they want to be. If you've ever read a potty training book, which is where they want to be. Is that like you're trying to frame <laughs> yeah. it as like you're sending them home to their natural environment? Yeah, exactly. That's I think <laughs> what they're going for is like, why should you do this here as opposed to in your diaper? Well, in the diaper they can't make it home. Oh, which is the toilet where they want to be. So it's been a messy week for me. It's the circle of life. Yeah. We must return it to the earth. It's kind of all I can think of is all dogs go to heaven, like all poops and peas go to the toilet. Hmm? There's a great movie in this. Yeah, they need to go to the city uh, water <laughs> sanitation building, uh, oh, be boy. bleached and skimmed, uh, <gasps> and then 
recycle nope. back to shower and drinking water. That's a very popular school tour is taking kids to the water sanitation plants. And let me tell you, they do not smell oh. very good. <laughs> I would love to do that tour. I am shocked. <laughs> that it doesn't smell good or that I want to go? <laughs> that Well, both, really. Uh, it was a sarcastic <laughs> shock, so it's both. <laughs> Uh, my, my, my oldest son also, uh, came up and gave me a nice big snuggle hug this week and then was like, dad, you always stink. Oh, I was like, thanks buddy. You know why? Cause I get to take like one shower a week now. Thanks to somebody. There's <laughs> 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 a reason I'm filthy and it's you. Oh, and kids just say like the most biting things. Oh, it's so even, funny. Even when they're trying to be polite to you, sometimes they're so brutal. Like I had a kid who came up to me who I haven't seen in a long time and he just went, you've lost like so much weight. And I was like, uh, cool. And he's like, seriously, like it's, it's crazy. And I was like, whoa, man, like relax. Slow your roll. That was like the second year of college for me. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember that? Everyone's like, it looks like you've been doing coke all summer. I was like, thanks. <laughs> thanks for really encouraging me on what happened if I was like dying. Yeah. I had a disease all summer and you guys, y'all rolling in with these really sensitive comments. Hey man, whatever that illness is, it's working for you. <laughs> yeah. I did the, uh, the Frank from uh, it's always sunny route. <laughs> now you ordered a tapeworm off the dark web. <laughs> the tricky part is getting it up there. You're supposed you can't to swallow. Why it. can't you swallow it's it? It's a suppository because uh, it'll die in your acidic stomach. Hey, I learned something tonight. Yeah, it's got to go. It's got to go suppository. <laughs> let's. Uh, so let's. What, why are you ordering so much food? I'm eating for two. <laughs> <laughs> So that that was one of my smoother transitions into our show. Welcome back. Uh, this is Dork Matters, uh, the podcast by dorks. Wait, no. God damn it. Someday I'll get it right. You nearly had it. That was nearly <laughs> like a perfect... Dork Matters, a dorky podcast for dorks. Um, mm -hmm. We're dorking out this week with Jason Memel. He's back with us this week. I'm your dad, dork host, Ben Rankle. And rounding out our trio is... Our Ed Dorkator, Lexi Hunt. Yo, I, how do you say, what do you do? What's good, world? I don't know. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. How do you do, fellow kids? Hello, fellow youths. <laughs> I'm down with the lingo, Insta. Have you been skateboarding around your new school? No, I've been trying to be as, like, up against the wall, like, hiding from people as much as possible because there's so many young people and they all... Oh, wait, here's the wild thing about youths today. <laughs> they can get away with wearing the exact same sweatpants every single day. There's so many pajama pants. And no one says anything. They're just so cool with it. And I feel like it's such a, you know, accepting of clothing, whatever you want to wear environment. And I love it. Good for you, youths. Good for you. As I told Jason before you popped on, I am in a full Reebok uh, sweatsuit right now. Oh, 
Uh, I am also a youth. <laughs> I am also a enjoying youth. his youth. <laughs> if you were wearing Adidas slippers and socks, then you would be a complete youth. I have Crocs and socks. That may as well be it. You've done it. I've got my slip-ons, my slides, as the kids oh. say. I got some fuzzy IKEA slippers. Ooh, they're, they're Bjorgans. I I have Zelda socks. The kids the kids love Bjorgans and Zelda socks. Uh, kids these days don't even know what Zelda is. Uh, you say Triforce, and they're like, Triforcing me to do what? I will tell everyone. Well done. That, <laughs> excellent. That was a good one. Thank you. Thank you. I just came up with that. That was good. That tell. was fast on your feet. I love it. It's because you're so comfortable. Yeah. Jesus, my sweatsuit has made me better at being slightly humorous. <laughs> Uh, we have Jason back this week because, as we promised, we are going to do uh, what they call an actual play. Um, I'll just give you a quick definition. Um, also called a live play. It's a genre of podcast. I said genre. genre I can't say genre. 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 Ooh. I can't say genre anymore. <laughs> it's my favorite genre. <laughs> an actual play is a genre. Genre was what I was going for. Genre. Genre. I, fuck, it's one of those words. Genre. Uh, actual play is a type of podcast or web show in which people play tabletop role-playing games, uh, either for a live audience or for a future audience recorded. Um, that's what that's what we're going to do. Why? Why not? Hubris. Because it's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Lex has never played D&D before. I have not played in a long time since before having children, and I miss it. And uh, so we've brought in our resident... Dungeons and Dragons master. Thank you. Thank you. There's a, a flourish. The there. Dungeon Daddy, Jason Memo. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah. People people on podcasts love flourishes. <laughs> exactly. And gestures, you know. Gesticulation is hot mm-hmm. in podcasts. Pregnant pauses. <laughs> so what are we doing tonight, Jay? <laughs> so, well, uh if well, yeah, they also like it when we talk over oh, each yeah. other. Yeah, that's the best. Um, that's going to happen a lot. Roll for confusion. Um, the uh, So, yeah, so anyone who didn't tune in to the last episode, we discussed Dungeons & Dragons generally. We discussed, like, its benefits and, and its history and, and uh, a part of why it's so fun. Um, we got into, like, a little bit of um, our own experiences and things like that. And then we rolled up characters, which is like the classic way to start Dungeons and Dragons is, is you roll, uh, some, you roll some dice, you write down the numbers, you decide what those numbers feel like in terms of a character, like if they're really strong or if they're really smart or that kind of thing. And then, uh, and then you choose things like, um, uh, like their racial ancestry and their occupation and all of these things. And though, and out of all of these decisions, these characters coalesce, and so we did that. Uh, we came up with, uh, Ben came up with Chark, who's an, an orcish bard. And uh, Lexi came up with Foka, who's a half-elf rogue. And then uh, in the spirit of the of my cat, who kept joining the podcast on my lap, um, we also have a cleric tabaxi, which is a cat person uh, named Mucho. So exciting. <laughs> and I think we even decided that their relationship was that, I think they've all been, like they all served in a, in a military somewhere. But are a polycule? They're a thruple. Uh, polyamorous. Yeah, yeah, they're a thruple. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's not the same thing. They're... It's a thruple, not necessarily polyamorous. <laughs> those those military campaigns, those those nights get long and those watches get cold. Yeah, I mean, you you, you cuddle up a few times and uh, things things happen. Share your thoughts, your dreams, your fears, your bed. 
Your foxhole. <laughs> Your foxhole. That sounds it, very, very bad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, hmm. Okay. I'm just gonna let uh, I'm gonna let that euphemism lay dormant for all <laughs> any of the any of the listeners out there. Um, roll for perception on that one. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> a couple of other things, maybe even before we get started, too, is that so? Yeah, like we're gonna I'm gonna jump into setting up a situation for these characters to walk through and, and experience and figure out. Um, uh, but even before we do, so one thing that's kind of maybe worth noting is that like we, we had a lot of fun making these characters, but we also um, based on the roles we made in the, in the day uh, decided that these characters are, are um, in a relationship. And I think something that's been really positive that's happened in D and D lately is a way to make sure that the players never feel uncomfortable about the relationships that are happening in the game. Um, and so with that, um, uh, I'm going to do a very basic description of something that's a lot more complex called lines and veils. Veils are th- things that you as a player don't really want to experience. You don't mind if it happens in the game, but you don't really want it like in the scene kind of thing. And that can be like, uh, there was one player who really didn't like anything involving cannibalism. So like, zombies are okay but they didn't want a scene in which the zombies were eating anybody if that makes sense so we're kind of just throwing out our boundaries with each other Mm. um making some some places for ourselves to feel safe and comfortable playing with each other that's uh that is one of the greatest parts of of moving ahead with D nowadays yeah Mm -hmm. and then on to uh, and then the other one so that's a that's like a veil and then a line is like straight up i don't want to i don't want this to be in the game like i don't want this to be a thing that that is part of our story. And that could be, that could be something like say cannibalism, or it could be, I don't want uh, uh, like if there was a say particular kind of politics you didn't want to engage with, you could say that in this game or uh, a particular kind of like, if you wanted the relate or the relationships in the game to not ever have a sexual component because you're not comfortable engaging with it. I'm not actually suggesting that for our game, but I, I think it's important for listeners to hear that these are like options that you can have so that, uh, if you're ever sitting down at a table and you're thinking to yourself, like, Hmm, I'm not super comfortable with the stuff that's going on in the game that you have a choice. Yeah. And you should feel comfortable with the people you're playing with to be able to say, Hey, no, this isn't, this isn't going the way I wanted to go. This isn't uh-huh. something I'm comfortable playing with. Totally. Yeah. And that agency is really important. Uh, I'll throw whatever I wanted to kind of avoid into our chat here and we can, uh, Jay can have that one. Uh, if you want to do the same, Lex. Yeah, that'd be great. And I'm in the spirit of privacy too. Like I won't actually really disclose in our show what, uh, what these are unless that's desired or unless you guys bring it up yourselves. And then the other thing uh, that I mentioned, the only other safety thing to mention again, very briefly is what's called an X card. And so often, especially on, on video shows, but you can do this in person too. You can kind of like raise your, your arms like an X. And that's a, that's a, uh, a way for you to signify quickly that, where the scene is going right now is a place you don't want it to go. That's also really useful because there might be something that you didn't know was going to be a problem until you encountered it, you know? Yeah. So these are all just kind of safety tools. I'm, I'm actually like not too worried because I think of just the way we've, the kind of conversations we've already had. I'm not too, like, I, I don't think stuff would be coming out of the blue that I'd want to introduce, but. Um, no, I think it's worth discussing and sharing with people, especially since we're, we're getting started and giving a framework for how people play. They should know that it is a game that can be engaged with in a way that uh, does not need to make people feel com- uncomfortable. It's not anything goes like as a player, you have agency and the right to choose uh, mm-hmm. what happens. And if the people you're playing with don't respect that, then yeah, you nope the F out. 
Mm-hmm. You fly two middle fingers and just back out the door. Or one of these. Exactly. Start with the X, but you can actually cross your arms in an X while giving the middle yeah. finger with both hands. Or just the fingers. You just... Oh, you can cross the fingers <laughs> into an X. <laughs> we did it. We came up with the most amazing way to end a scene. <laughs> that no out. one will ever see. <laughs> Maybe my, my last word on that is that something like that I've been noticing listening to Critical Role, I've been kind of re-listening to it because I just feel like catching up on it, and uh, is actually how gruesome a lot of the game is, like the way the characters are, you know, uh, de- taking out the various monsters in, in all kinds of like brutal ways. There's kind of a point where you're like, yeah, you know, I'm not bothered by it, but I can imagine that like I can imagine, say, my partner who doesn't exactly revel in violence, um, not like thinking like, yes, I want to go on an adventure, but I didn't really want to go on a gory adventure, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. This wasn't supposed to be like Dungeons and Dragons and Tarantino. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that it's it's just uh, some just something that occurred to me. So I thought I'd bring it up. I'm going to use the X during our podcast now, too. <laughs> Excellent. When, when Lex starts going in a direction I'm not OK with. So every time that you st- you make like a my wife statement, I'll be like, Mama! <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I want to do it. It's just a necessity. <laughs> Somebody has to. It's a compulsion. It's why I've started saying my partner or my spouse. Uh, spouse uh-huh. is bad too, isn't mm. it? Significant other. Oh, that doesn't sound right either. It's like saying I my, like that my, one. my lover. Oh, no. Like that SNL skit with like Will Ferrell from back in the day. <laughs> Will Ferrell. Wearing, is that, Will Ferrell. Yeah, remember what he wore? Like the, <laughs> did I say his name wrong? What am I thinking of? What did I just do? I don't even know what Ferrell I just Ferrell is a, is a musician. Will Ferrell. Oh, my God. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Will Ferrell is their new project. Uh, they're dropping soon together. It's uh, some spoken comedy oh. over some really well-produced tracks. Absolutely. I would uh, listen to there's it. There's no place to go but up. All right. Well, let's just throw into it so that we don't have to, uh, to, to uh, I don't know. Let's go. Jason. Let's do it. Paint us a word picture. Okay. Yes. Well, we're, we're going to dive right in. Maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll I'll sort of set the scene a little, and okay. then I'll let each of the each of you introduce your character and kind of what they're thinking or feeling. And uh, because we because this is sort of a shorter show, we're not going to be recording like what a a normal like a so most D and D games are two, three, four hours, you know. And so in the, this is more of a, a streamlined approach. So what I'll do is I'll I'll, I'll set up the scene that be, will be leading us right into an adventurous situation, and then kind of cut to you guys. You guys can introduce yourselves. And then, uh, yeah, and then we'll we'll be we'll be running. Sounds great. So that we we've got these three characters who are um, who have like lived together and fought together in in, in various fantasy wars, and uh, now with you know in the in this relative peacetime, they're looking for looking for work, and in a lot of cases of these of this sort, the people turn to a life of, of adventure. Um, the uh, what you've heard is a rumor. That there's work, or that there's like a um, uh, there, there's a mystery that needs investigating in the town of Dawn Blossom Weirdle, and uh, when you arrive, you find out that two messengers have not have not been returning from their jobs to visit this wizard's tower, and the wizard's tower is in a uh, is in kind of a, a more remote valley. So from the from the village, you need to climb up a uh, climb up through the foothills into the mountains to get to this wizard's tower. Uh, the, the the wizard is Frederica of Dovehold. And 
so yeah, these two these two messengers haven't returned, and there's after the second one didn't come back, it kind of went well. Okay, now we need another solution. We can't just keep throwing messengers up there. And so the town has uh, has has asked for help, and you guys have, have heard that call, and and now you're 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 walking up the uh, up the path through this through the, uh, the the foothills to make your way to uh, to the to the to Dovehold and to see if you can find out what happened to these messengers. And so as you're as you're tromping through here, it's a it's a it's a beautiful summery afternoon day. Um, the, the, the sunlight is streaming at a nice angle, and uh, and as you're walking along, we uh, we kind of the, the camera pans across, and and first we see uh, um, Foka, the, the half elf rogue. Give us a give us an impression of Foka. Now, when you say impression, do I do you want me to be like? Mm. <laughs> Oh, um, I, I think more like a a visual. Yeah, give us a description. But if you want to do an impression, I think we'd all be very happy uh, with that. Yeah, I'm Folka. Does it have to be a real person for you to do an impression of them? That's a that's an interesting <laughs> philosophical point. <laughs> yeah, can it be an impression if you've made this character up and no one else knows who they are or what they sound like? That's a yeah. great point. Here's my impression of Folka so far. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> Folka not like. <laughs> oh, is that how Folka talks? No, I don't know what Folka talks like yet. Okay. Folka is a very large, tall, female-looking, what did I say? Wood elf? Yeah. Rogue? Yeah. Boom. There we go. Um, with... Dark blue skin and red hair, much like the Marvel superhero Mystique, but without the bumpies. <laughs> she likes a good pantsuit, but <laughs> not like, I take that one back, not like, you know, like Hillary Clinton would wear, but just like. No, like a cool, like 90s, like, uh, like future punk. Like a Jedi, you know, like. Oh, okay. Like, like, like I'm thinking like, like kind of poofy pants that are like tucked into a boot oh. and then like a nice overcoat that with lots of like wrappings on it that she can hide knives and shit in. So Hillary Clinton Jedi, <laughs> but also <laughs> mystique. Yes. Volca is a very large Hillary Clinton mystique. How old is Hillary? <laughs> I mean, sorry, Folka. She is ageless. Ageless. Oh, ageless. this is cool. So, Lexi, are you aware that in the sort of D and D universes, no. <laughs> uh, fair enough. <laughs> the blue skin actually suggests that you are actually a dark elf. Yes, from the Undercity. Okay, so you are oh. aware. You know, you know some stuff. But does she know that? Well, I only you can answer you know that, what? Lexi. Who can say? <laughs> okay, yeah. she doesn't. She doesn't know that. <laughs> Just, so now it's up to Jason to figure out how you've never learned what you are. Perhaps she was adopted at birth. Yeah. She was found in a little ravine. And nobody has seen the Dark Elves in ages. That's actually great. Yeah, the, this is the thing is that, that no one, like, she. Uh, you've been raised by Wood Elves. You have Wood Elf abilities uh, because of because of the, the mystic uh, environment that you were raised in. But no one no one knows that Dark Elves are a thing. And so you are... You are kind of a mystery. Mm -hmm. And much like the movie Elf, not to be, you know, mistaken, the Christmas yeah, movie Elf. It's very important to be clear about Elves versus Elves. Elf, elf with Will Ferrell. 
Um, the movie- <laughs> oh, it's already coming back to haunt me. Nobody wants to say to Folka that she doesn't fit in. So for the longest time, it never occurred to her that she was different than the other uh, folks in her community, other than she looked a little bit different. And so yeah. one day, Folka decided to go out on her own to learn a little bit more about why she's blue instead of like her her adopted family. Dabadee, dabadoo. I'm blue. <laughs> she, <laughs> she she sang the immortal words as she trekked <laughs> off and joined an army to find herself. She found a necklace around her her neck when she was born. She was she had a pendant with these these strange <laughs> words. I'm blue. Dabadi dabadai dabadoo. Uh yeah, and you know what? That's that's Folka. Uh, sorry. So how tall is Folka? Just out of curiosity. Uh, let's say six eight. Six okay. feet, eight inches. She big. She a big girl. She big. I like it. Or they big. And in heels, she's a clean seven. <laughs> oh, fantasy <laughs> heels seven. are the best. In D&D, you can do things in heels that no one could do in real life. This is true. Like run, climb trees. Very like, excited mm-hmm, for that. Yeah. Murder a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> With your enchanted dragon killing heels. With your dragon stilettos. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yes. Oh, oh I like it. The double entendre of the stiletto dagger. Mm-hmm. I love it. Mm-hmm. The stilettos come out of your stilettos. <laughs> uh, so, where they're hidden. So as as uh, um, as Folka is humming uh, Blue Dee Bee, Blue Dee Blah, um, the camera keeps panning mm-hmm. over and we see uh, Chark. Uh, Chark is a pretty massive being as well. Uh, Chark is they, them. Chark has a completely clean shaven head um, and just a ridiculous number of piercings in each ear and and both nostrils and then a few pieces of metal uh, workings around their neck as well. Um, They are more or less shirtless except for a tattered vest and uh, a, a sort of unclean looking like blouse underneath with really puffy sleeves uh i think jerry seinfeld from that one episode where his girlfriend tries to make him wear the pirate the pirate shirt (laughs) and you know just the the standard fantasy uh pants you know the leather whatever boots and such uh and then an assortment of uh instruments sort of strapped onto uh their back and uh in their hands at the moment, they are following sort of uh, a, a side side uh, by side with, uh, you know, Folka and uh, our other friend here. And uh, they're using their accordion and just uh, playing uh, a tune along with uh, their friend who is singing, their partner. Um, <laughs> are you about to impersonate an accordion? <laughs> <laughs> That's a squeeze. Is that like is a squeeze box? Yeah, it's like a squeeze box accordion. It's not like a modern accordion. It's uh, yeah, it's more of a, a simple accordion. Could I make a suggestion? Uh, absolutely. That's how we have to play this. I love it that way. The collaborative approach to this <laughs> stuff. We've already discovered that dark elves are unknown uh, from our collaborative storytelling it. here. It's fun that um, way. Could Chark play a hurdy gurdy? I have to Google what a hurdy gurdy is. <laughs> okay. Uh, going to Google. Yes. <laughs> Go on to fantasy Google. Uh, while while uh, uh, Chark discovers what a hurdy gurdy is by accessing his magical wisdom, it's a. I just want to say, like, it's an actual 
like pirate oh, instruments. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, I still have the like accordion push box thingy, but uh, Chark is definitely playing a hurdy gurdy. Yeah. This thing is cool as heck. Nice. And so uh, the uh, we we come to the last of our heroes, and that's uh, Mucho the Tabaxi cleric. This is a uh, he's like kind of think like a Friar Tuck, only a cat person. Um, and he's got his head shaved, so he's got a bald bald head, like tonsured head. Um, and uh, he is worshiping uh, a uh, war god. Bush. Bush. <laughs> it's a little, a little on the nose. Uh, Bala. Oh, okay, sorry. Bala the lion-headed is the uh, so uh, as a cat that- person, a lion-headed war god is kind of right up his alley. Yeah. Um, B a l a h. Just B a l a. I will say that when I okay, type that it. into my notes, it just autocorrected to balls. Yeah. Balls, the god of war. Eh, there's something there. Also, like a uh, strong D&D tradition, which is the DM offering uh, the wisdom and lore of the world and the players immediately turning them into an euphemism. Yeah. Naming things as a dungeon or game master is uh, literally the worst. <laughs> Doesn't matter how like, hard you try. We spend so much time looking at these names and going like, what could the players turn that into? And we finally find something we think is impervious to euphemism and bam, yeah. in seconds. It's just like, yeah. <sighs> Kyle Frittata. Balls. Tata. <laughs> oh. Next time I run a game, everyone's named Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the, no, I was about to do a Monty Python segue, but we don't have that much time. I'll, I'll keep it, keep it in the game. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we all know. And it was funny. Um, but yes. So uh, with that, we've got these, uh, uh, these three heroes who are tromping up through the, through the, um, the foothills. And uh, yeah. So um, anything um, I will say here, Mucho is, is in a meditative mood. He's not going to be uh, suggesting a lot of things <laughs> uh, mainly to make sure that, you guys have more agency in the game, um, but he's he's a part of the game. He's supporting you um, in the adventure. But yeah, so anything that you guys want to ask about, or that you want to like say you're doing as you are moving towards the uh, the mountain pass, any questions you want to ask, that kind of thing. Start. Okay. At this point, the game has begun. So now, like anything you okay. want to choose to do mm-hmm. or ask if you can do. I anything. think. Uh... As Chark is walking along, um, they're just sort of thinking about what they're supposed to be doing uh, sort of in a repetitive way as a forgetful person might. But (laughs) while they're doing that, they're also kind of taking in the landscape and uh, kind of keeping an eye out and seeing what's going on, um, seeing if there's any trouble within their, their near vicinity while also being like, Find, find, find the messengers, find the messengers, find the messengers, find them, find them, find the messengers. Don't forget. It's got like little blue strings <laughs> tied uh, onto their hands, <laughs> their fingers. To remember. Reminder strings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lexi, is there anything that you're thinking that Foka is, is doing or ready for or, or any questions you want to ask? Um, I think that Foka would just be ever vigilant looking around just cautious of where they are and getting very frustrated that her her companions are walking so slowly through through the grass and why can't they move faster and getting frustrated that she wants to move ahead faster 
and also hoping that we could have a song from the Hurdy Gurdy. <laughs> uh, well, it, maybe I, actually, if I might offer, um, one thing that you could do, and in fact, maybe this was even something that you were doing in the military, is that you're scouting ahead. Maybe you are kind of like, get, get ahead and, and take a take a look at things. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yes. Boca <laughs> wants to do that. Excellent. Well, it's your new your new character catchphrase. <laughs> yes, that. Foco wants to do that. <laughs> um, so, uh, do you have dice with you, Lexi? No. Okay, that's okay. I'll, I'll roll on your behalf then, if that's okay. Okay, thank you. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll be as, as honest as possible. So, the reason I say this is because now that you say that you're going to be doing something and you've, and you kind of like something a bit more intentional than just walking, I'm going to actually roll some dice. Okay. So, I'm going to have you um, sneaking ahead. So, I'm going to find your stealth. Here we go. Um, and so, I'm going to roll a d20, which is like the, the core die of Dungeons and Dragons. And because you're so um, dexterous and also because you're, you've got this elven ancestry, you're particularly stealthy. You're particularly good at this. So, you've got a plus five. To whatever I roll, you're going to get a plus five. And this is basically like um, that th- what I'm rolling would be like, if anybody was ahead of you, this is how stealthy you're being so that they can't hear you. Mm. Oh, dear. Okay. So <laughs> what came up was a three. <laughs> um, it's a bad day. So that comes up to an eight. Um I'll say that, like, you think you're trying to be stealthy, but, like, every fifth step or so, you just, you keep finding the one loud stick mm, that you okay. step on and just cracks, you know? And uh, so you're, you know, you're, you're, you're making your way ahead through the grass um, and, uh, and trees. And uh, what you do find as you get, get a little further forward, you're about maybe halfway now between the town and, um, and the tower, uh, you see up ahead, kind of like at the narrowest point of the pass before you start to get down into the valley of the tower, is a uh, a small cottage. Uh, there's like, and this is still quite a ways away, but you can see um, like that there's like a little garden. There's a scarecrow. Um, the cottage is like maybe like a, you know, like a one room, you know, shack, uh, basically. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, at the moment, that's all you can kind of really see is this is this okay. this cottage and the the garden. So carefully, even though she's stepping on every twig and loud frog in the vicinity, <laughs> crack ribbit. Um, loud frog. Folka cautiously approaches the shack, <laughs> even though it is far away. Keeps okay dead ahead. Yeah. Um, I'm going to roll this again okay. because this is now um, you're now kind of in another phase. So there was the first phase that you went through to, before you saw the the shack, and now you're like it's kind of a different action because you're now you've got a specific goal you're trying to be cautious towards, if that makes sense. So let's see what comes up out of this one. Okay, that's a little better. That's uh, so I rolled a nine, and then with your benefit, that actually gets up to fourteen. Um, so no sticks and and uh, uh, frogs on this on this walk. Um, you you feel like you're being pretty stealthy. Um, can we define a little something here very quickly? Sure. Is the frogs that are being stepped on are actually called flat frogs? Um, they're indigenous to this mountain area. 
and they are colored the color of stone. Um, it's part of a defense mm-hmm. mechanism, and they make just an awful croak when when stepped on. But they are super flat, and they dart between excellent rocks and kind of slide underneath them to keep cool. Yeah, they like every time you step on one, you thought it was a rock. Interesting. Um, okay. And uh, yeah. Very annoying. So, do we just keep going? Well, so uh, yeah. So then, uh, with what I rolled, it came to a fourteen. And so you are you're now making a much stealthier way. In fact, you're now like kind of like down among the grass, kind of like you know keep, trying to keep really hidden um, until you get right up right up to the to the pathway that and the um, across the pathway is the is the cottage. Um, a lot cl- okay. a lot closer now. You can see that the cottage seems like it's pretty um, unused. There's not like there's no uh, or at least not currently used. There's nobody moving around. Um, the garden that's there is untended. Um, the uh, the the scarecrow the scarecrow looks maybe like a little fresh, um, but like not but still like weather beaten and things like that. It's just winking at you. <laughs> just a little fresh. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> I like I like Ben's word, usage of the word. Wink. <laughs> Wink. It's onomatopoeia, bitches. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's the, uh, so currently you're in the grass. Okay. You, this is what you, this is what you've seen so far. Um, yeah. You could like, you could go into the, into the cottage. You can also wait okay. if you want for your, your compatriots. I will say folk is very confused as to what's going on because up until now it's been hard to move around. It's been loud. It seems like something's been drawing her towards this shack and all of a sudden the closer she gets the easier it is to traverse and so it seems like she's being drawn to this empty dilapidated shack so cautious nervous to trudge forward focus choosing to wait okay Okay. doesn't want to go in alone she wants someone to watch her back here smart this is what kept you alive in the war Um, great. Okay. Well then, yeah. So, uh, uh, as you're, as you're kind of keeping camp there, you're waiting, um, not that much longer in about, you know, 10, 15 minutes or so up, up along walks, Mucho and Shark. Um, you can hear the, the, the tune of his hurdy gurdy bouncing off the, the, the mountain walls around you. Um, uh, yeah. And so, uh, Chark, you arrive with Mucho. You're, you see this, uh, what this, this scene I've basically already described. And as you kind of get a little closer, um, uh, Foka just sort of pops up out of the grass, surprises you. Um, ah. <laughs> I drop my hurdy gurdy, which makes a terrible, terrible clanging noise that reverberates off the rocks all around. Mucho's tail gets really puffy. Oh no. Ooh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, Mucho, it's okay, pal. It's Sorry, okay. Sorry, Mucho. Uh, <laughs> Giving Mucho some pets. Brown. <laughs> I might actually not let Mucho speak English. Okay. <laughs> he might only respond Ooh, in, in that would be even better. Cat sounds. Um, but we yes. but we understand Mucho. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Groot. Yeah. Or or Chewy. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, okay. Uh uh Lexi or uh, Foka, is there anything that you want to kind of bring up or say or anything like that before? Uh, in her very halting English, she points out to her companions, cabin. Oh, so does uh, Foka not speak common very well? Yes. Or, you know what? She kind of chooses not to. 
<laughs> so Volker just speaks in broken common because they want to. Yeah, like Kevin from The Office. She thinks it takes too much time and there's no point. Oh, Why I use like many word when short word do? Yeah, I mean, it could be uh, war efficient too. You know, why use a bunch of words? Ooh, just say a couple. Maybe, <laughs> yeah, like the, the like hand signs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, she, she's scouting heads, so she's using like scout sign language. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, a, like the, the SEAL go. team kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Cool. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, okay, so yeah, so you've you've indicated in sign language that the cottage is spooky. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, is there anything anything that uh, uh, the Chark wants to do? Anything? Um, I'm trying to see here. Maybe Mucho's going to do anything. Uh, I think Chark is going to pick up the hurdy gurdy, place it on his back, and uh, sort of maybe uh, nonchalantly, just sort of like. It's it's an unused cabin and sort of just wandered towards it. Okay. It's pretty clear no one's been here in a while, Folka. And uh, he just sort of strides toward the front door to see if it's locked. Uh, sorry, they, them, they. Uh, so, yeah, so you 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 get to the front door. Uh, as you get closer, it's, it's actually kind of semi-ajar. It's like it's not even fully closed. Uh, you... Uh, when you when you get inside, um, you or when you open the door, rather, you can see that there's uh, there's two cots and like a few like um, you know a, an urn or a bowl, like a washing basin kind of thing, um, and like a few uh, basic like hardtack supplies and and uh, like winter supplies that kind of thing. This is probably clearly people will like uh, stop here on the way between if it's if the weather's bad. Um, and like the garden is probably tended in the in in the harvest period for like a few extra like supplies that are, can be grown right here, um, and uh, you can see that there's um, that the two cots do look a little more disturbed, so they have been used, and you do see a scroll on uh, on the table that's next to the to the wash basin. Is there any sort of immediately evident? Like we know who we're looking for. Would there be anything that we could see immediately that would suggest they were there? Or just sort of the general use of the cabin. I think yeah, just the general use of the cabin. There's no um, uh, like nothing's been left there. Like when I say that, you can tell that the cot has been used literally because it's not as dusty <laughs> as everything else. Okay, but that's yeah, that's about it. I think in terms of things to note. Uh, so yeah, Chark just fully pushes the door the rest of the way open and and you know stomps in and starts poking about, uh, starting I guess with the uh, the cots. Because those are the first thing that they see. So yeah, so the the two cots um, are it, they've got basic like a like a uh, sort of a uh, like a leather um, cover and um, some uh, uh, stuffed mattresses stuffed with like other, like bits of cloth and things like that. They're not very comfortable, but they probably do in the on a on a winter night or a you know a long a long hike. And uh, yeah, you can see that they've both been disturbed in the sense that the the, the covers have been pulled down. They've clearly had somebody sitting at them um, or, or sleeping on them um, within the last while. So that would kind of track to what you know about these missing messengers. And uh, what else to mention? Um, yeah, they're, uh, they, they both look used, which is the, the messengers weren't sent at the same time. Like they weren't sent together. Um, they were sent one at a time. And so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of a... Didn't use the same bed. Yeah. Used a different bed. For luck. 
<laughs> you don't want to use the same bed when you go through one of those mid mountain cabins, <laughs> way waypoint houses. Um, I guess at some point the the scroll's pretty out in the open. You said, "Yep, yeah, the scroll's just sitting next to the." Uh... I would just say chart finds it, whips it open, and starts looking at it. So yeah, so what's uh, what's on there is a, a message from the t- the city council of the of the town uh, asking that if Frederica can come from come come down from her tower uh, to do some of the some every so often they'll they'll have her come down for some like odd magical tasks like helping repair a, a you know damaged building using her magic or um, foretell the weather for the next year so that they can plan that kind of thing it's a it's a common arrangement but like generally you have to pester a wizard to come down and do do things for you um, and so yeah so this letter this this scroll is indicating that like Frederica please come down. We would be honored by your presence. We will, you know, of course, uh, reward you with with treasures and mm. riches and and like all of these promises. And mm. it's signed with a flourish by the by the mayor. How plainly is it written, or is it written rather fancifully, like a lot of flowery language, pleasantries for a dignitary, or is it pretty basic? Don't think Chark reads great. I think Chark has. Um, has some very basic reading skills, like like we're talking like like grade, I don't know, somewhere between four and six, I think. That's still pretty good. Is that good? Yeah. Okay, I want it to be like difficult, difficult reading. Like two, grade two. <laughs> okay, grade two it is. Um, uh, he's learned all of his music through the oral tradition. Yeah, and uh, can read music. There you go. Um, and memorizes words, but doesn't read super great. Never has. Uh, so, so I guess in answer to the question, um, there is definitely some stuff there that is like might be over your head or over your your comprehension in terms of like uh, things that it's going for. But it does seem like it's what does seem clear is that this is a message to the wizard from the town asking for help. It, it's a little trickier to maybe understand some of like the promises that are being made. Um, uh and mm. yeah but i know what this is so they never they never took the note or at least one of them there's only one of these these scrolls that he can uh that they can see right yeah yeah there's only one scroll there um at least one of them never never made it out of here with their their message for uh federica uh is what chark sort of calls back over their shoulder yeah to Mucho and Folka. And then they start looking around for any sort of signs of a struggle in the room that might have been a reason for a messenger to have not finished their job from this point. Um, so you don't see any uh, disturbances inside the room. Um, uh, if, if anything, it's actually the the only reason you could tell that the cots had been used is because everything else was so dusty. Um, so it's actually been the 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 lack of disturbance in the in the cottages is uh is actually pretty noted uh jerk wanders outside sort of you know one hand up and down tossing like like a coin or something the little scroll and uh starts hmm and and looking around outside uh (laughs) for a anything that pops out seems out of the ordinary would suggest something other than what should have happened here you know like uh i don't know some blood um disturbed earth mm-hmm. broken materials or other things left behind in a hurry uh sorry so where were you looking for that stuff 
Uh, I step outside the cabin now and sort of okay. I'm looking out, out front or around the, you know, sort of immediate perimeter of the door. Okay. Um, you, you don't see any, uh, anything like particularly like disturbed or anything, um, right out front, um, of the, of the cabin. But what you do, what you can actually see is that, uh, or just like going around the edge of the cabin, there is actually, uh, more scrape marks in the, in the dirt as though something heavy has been pulled along there. Volca, mucho over here. Um, wow. Scratches, scratches, some some drag marks, <laughs> you know, from the dirt. Um, so uh, maybe so we've we've kind of moved around the the cabin there. Uh, Lexi, is there anything that you want Foka to try to look for or ask about or anything like that? Uh, so the garden's been untended, but does it look like anything? Like any plants have been broken or any type of footprints or any changes, disturbances to the grasses and natural environment around the house? Uh, around the house, there is actually a, a large pile of dirt behind the mm-hmm. house. And that actually does look kind of fresh. Okay, we're going there. Um, yeah. And yeah, and there's a, there's also kind of scrape marks between the pile of dirt. So uh, to kind of maybe visually say this is that the garden is next to the house um, or the, the cottage. And, uh, and so, and there's no fence around the garden. So there's the, um, the mound of dirt behind the house is kind of like also near the garden, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And there's like, there's a mound of dirt, but then there's also kind of like, um, like less dirt as though it had been brought from the garden area. Okay. If that makes sense. Yes. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah. Okay. So we're going to want to go check out that mound of dirt in a very cautious way. So Volka indicates to, why do I keep wanting to call him Chalk? That's not his name. I'm sorry. It's a pet name. Chalk. In our relationship. Uh, so you indicate that I should go take a... Take Whole a- family, let's go. We're, we're heading over towards the mound of dirt in a very cautious way, wanting to surround it. So she's indicating. I need to know if you are using hand symbols. Yes, we're using hand symbols. Clicking, pointing, surrounding the dirt. So Chark walks up to the pile of dirt and just starts kicking it over. Absolutely. Good job. Volka rolls her eyes and sighs (laughs) with exasperation. Checking it out. (laughs) And uh, he's just like a kid standing outside waiting for someone, just kicking the dirt as much as he can, trying to... (laughs) Uncover it, uh, no shovel or anything, just kicking the dirt, dirt, trying to open up that big pile and see what's inside. All right. Well, so yeah, so you're, you're kicking around at the dirt and, uh, as you're kicking along at the dirt, um, you start to realize that you're uncovering, uh, some, some, some kind of, uh, skin color thing. And then Mm -hmm. as the more you kick, you're starting to realize that it's actually a hand that you're seeing that's in the dirt. We, we got somebody is here. Uh, obviously you can see the hand, uh, could be one of our messengers. Uh, and then, uh, Chark drops down and they start using their hands to sort of finish scooping away off of this person enough to find the face so that we can see if it's who we're looking for. I assume we know what they look like or some sort of symbol to identify them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and each of them, um, each of them had like a, a a small coin that was specifically stamped with the town. 
logo so that there's a um, they can clearly say that they're coming from the town on on official business. Gotcha. And so yeah, so you're you're digging through, you know, you're starting to kind of pull out these um, uh, these bodies that are that have been been uncovered. And as you do, you can start to see that there's there's nasty wounds in the in their bodies. So like these rends of flesh across their their uh, their chest. Uh, like one has had his throat ripped open, um, and even more like a savage, like really brutal attacks that have been on these bodies. Oh, is it both of them there or just one? Uh, both of them. There's two bodies. Uh, we've sorry, I missed that. No, that's okay. I I think I might have sped, sped past that part. Um, uh, so we we have found the messengers. Uh, case closed. <laughs> Another mystery solved by the trio del <laughs> as as Chark is uh, patting himself on the back for this, <laughs> literally, like <laughs> arm over the literally. There is actually uh, you. You feel uh, a an intense a, a wave of of almost fear, hit, like it just kind of washes over all of you, um, because you are now being attacked in a surprise round. Uh-oh. Oh, oh no! Combat music. <laughs> Okay, so the one that is, uh, th- th- there's a swing, and I'll describe what's attacking you here in a moment, there, but there's a swing of a, of a horrendous claw at Chark's back, but uh, just as he like li- li- bends down to investigate the one of the dead bodies, it just happens to pass over top of him. But then there's another swing over at uh, Foka, and this uh, is... Uh, armor class. So what I'm doing here is what's uh, called in D&D is checking a, an attack versus an armor class. Um, so that's to, to see if the armor class, if the attack rolled high enough to defeat the defenses of the of the character. Um, and that is... Uh, so that's a hit. Uh, Lexi, you've been hit by the claw oh God. of, and I'm about to describe it to you, uh, of of the scarecrow, but it has now been it. animated. It's now in this herky-jerky fashion. Um, I actually was expecting one of the bodies to be the scarecrow. I kind of was expecting it too, yeah. Uh, uh, it, like the w- w- what were just these like extended arms have now like got these wooden claws, and one of them takes a swipe at Lexi, and that is uh, the flat frogs. They're controlling the scarecrow. <gasps> I never should have stepped on them. <laughs> this is revenge. Pre-revenge? <laughs> they were dead before we got uh, here. So that is five points of damage, Oh, Lexi. no. Uh-oh. Oh. oh, God. And um, you've got ten hit points. Okay. So <gasps> now you have five hit points left. You, the, you, you're, you've been half. You're halfway Holy to death. God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's a rough fight. Oof, this never is a fight, yeah. Uh, are we just facing <laughs> such a lovely one, day. one enemy so far, as far as we can tell? Yep, one enemy so far. And so now okay. with that, we're going to do what we call is rolling initiative. Oh, yeah. Um, and so this is D20. a thing in which, again, D&D, this is how we decide when combat's going to happen. Roll 20. Uh, ben, do you have a D20? I do. Okay. I'm rolling. Um, and Here Lexi, I'll roll for I, you. Thank you. I'm doing a scout's promise not to lie. I am no... <laughs> Travis uh, McElroy, I will not fudge my dice. Yep. I was in Scouts, so it's valid. I was not. That's why I did the hand symbol wrong. I did like the German <laughs> three. 
Thank you. <laughs> that one's for Lex. Uh, okay, I'm rolling my D20. Right. I got a 12 plus one, so 13. Uh, great. So, Lexi, you rolled a 20, which means you're actually the first one to move in the, in combat. God. And, oh, and mucho. And then the scarecrow. Oh, wow. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that is it, the eternal worry of all players. <laughs> and the DM says, oh, wow. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> um, uh, I'm getting the impression Jay, Jay's going for a, a TPK. 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 <laughs> Total 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 party kill. <laughs> um, so the combat's going to go in the order of Lexi, Ben, uh, me as Mucho, and then the Scarecrow. Um, so yeah, so uh, while you guys were bent over the, the mound of dirt as you're investigating these bodies, you've been attacked by an ensorcelled animated Scarecrow that's like behaving in a kind of stop-motion animation creepy way, um, and it just has taken two vicious swipes at both of you. Um Foka, what's uh, what's next for you? Well, she's very badly hurt here. Half her life is gone. So I feel like we need to do some defensive moves here. So is there some type of potion available? Uh, Let me see here. I did uh, check in your equipment. There isn't a... uh, I didn't give you a potion yet because that's actually at a first level. That's not actually often something that they'll have with them immediately. Um, But Mucho would be able to help you. Okay. So... Uh, Mucho is like, a, as a cleric, can cast healing spells. Excellent. Uh, Twere this a Final Fantasy game, I'd be moving her back a bit, um, hiding behind the cat. <laughs> to the back, back row. Moving to the back <laughs> row for some defensive stance here. Okay, okay. Um, one thing maybe I might offer is that you also do have a crossbow. Oh. Um, I, I did, uh, uh, also, I, maybe I'll say this to the audience. I did, I set up a character sheet for you, um, and gave you like basic equipment, basic rogue equipment. Excellent. So, uh, so yeah, so I, you can totally move back to get near next to Mucho. Um, and you guys have been in combat before, so he already knows what you're probably, what you're, mm-hmm. that you're looking for some help. Um, uh, but you, you can move and take one attack if you want to, uh, yes, to that. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Folk alike. <laughs> Great. Now, quick question. Is there fire anywhere about? Uh, there is not. Yeah. Um, but there, you do actually have a tinderbox in your in your equipment. It'll take you a little while to get it out. Like, it's not... Okay. You can't just, like, pop it out. Okay. Okay. Um, could I potentially move back in the defensive stance and try to get the tinderbox out? Because we want to send a flaming arrow you can. in that bitch's direction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can totally do that now, and that'll take up your turn. That that's so you're. It's happening. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But we're doing it. Boom! Come on, Volca. So yeah, you you pull back, pull off your backpack, and then just like you're throwing things out, trying to get to the yeah. Okay. Going to town. Um. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Very accurate. Except if this were real life, I'd be looking yeah, for my totally. keys. <laughs> they would have already been in your hand. You would have had uh, keys between your knuckles in that like in that. Uh, parking lot Wolverine uh, yes. that, that uh, women do. Yeah. yeah, the scared girl I'll walk. You. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, you're going to punch them <laughs> and they're going to get punched with the keys. Um, and so, uh, Ben, uh, what's Chark doing? Uh, Chark, okay, so is Chark engaged? Like, am I so close at this point if a, if a 
a hit just swung over my head that uh, Chark, you know, moving is going to be a problem for Chark. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you are um, actually, and this is something I should have, I should have thought of is that um, when you moved away, uh, Alexi, I should have actually even thought about this, that there's a, a disengage action. Um, technically you probably should have had to do that, which would have meant you wouldn't, you'd have to mm-hmm. do the tinderbox in your next turn, but I'll actually, I'll just own that mistake and you, you'll, you'll still get your tinder, tinderbox out next oh, turn. But yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. So Ben, if you wanted to retreat, you'd need to disengage. Perfect. Uh, I don't think that Chark had any sort of weapons or anything out. Uh, Chark was just sort of whomping about, um, not not on their game. So Chark is actually just going to do like an unarmed strike on uh, the Scarecrow and uh, like sort of uh, try to grab it and headbutt into the thing. All right. Um and I, I, uh, I've got a copy of your sheet here. I think you actually get a plus six to, to hit on that because you're yes. so strong. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, really? Yeah. From my strength or is there some sort of bonus to unarmed attack? Uh, could be both, actually. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to remember how to attack with unarmed here. It's been a while for me. Unarmed strike is, oh, you're right. It is a plus six to hit. Okay. Uh, so it's just D20 plus whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Here we go. Rolling. Oops. I'm using TND Beyond for the first time, so it's a little bit wompy for me. I just wanted to test it out to see if I could ever do a campaign this way. Oh, God. Somehow still just a 10. <laughs> uh, so that was a, so as in you rolled, uh, 10 to hit. You rolled a 10, but then plus six. No, no, sorry. 10 with the six. Oh, I see. I rolled a four plus six. So uh, let's hope this scarecrow has no armor. Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, you, you know oh. it's so like lanky isn't really the right word, but it's like because there's no body to it, there's no flesh to it or anything like that. Um, it's like more like you're you're trying to grab parts of it that end up just being like straw bits of cloth. Away. Yeah, and straw. So you know you you come away with some handfuls of straw, but it uh, you haven't really done it any damage. Um, okay, uh, I will try to move then as well. Uh, after after Chark tries to grab the scarecrow and it doesn't work, they they step back. So I don't remember how disengage works, but I will try to do that. Um, yeah, I think because that's considered movement, right? Not action. it is. Yeah, or is it an action? I think it's an action. Like I think you can. Okay, um, I forgot. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's like you can generally do two things in in combat, which is you can move and attack. Yeah, like action bonus action. Yeah. I think disengage usually does count as an action, uh, but whatever you want to do, I'm fine with it. Like, how do I put this? Because you already attacked. If you're gonna, if you're disengaging, then mm-hmm. you are like essentially going. What I'll allow you to do is you'll be able to move, but move on your next turn. So, it, like, you could have. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I should be able to disengage. I think I, I made my choice to attack, and it would be weird narratively if then they disengage okay. this turn. So I'll save it. I'll, I'm All just right. there. Yeah, you just like you, you Let's keep you it tried. simple. Didn't didn't work. Um, one thing I will say, if you want, is you could pull out a weapon. Um, uh, yeah, sure. After missing with the hands, um, Chark is going to whip out the old. As I scroll over to find what is in my inventory, <laughs> the old, let me just vamp here for a second. You know, everyone's favorite, uh, weapon, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the rapier. All right. Um, I'm just, uh, also doing some quick, quick Googling to make sure I've got the stats. 
<laughs> Good, because I don't think I do. <laughs> uh, great. This is also one of the main, one of the wonderful things about doing D&D online is that uh, it's saved the time that we would often spend flipping through books to find stats. Um, but okay, so yeah, so um, so ju- just in your surprise at, at being attacked, you you like just re- do this reaching grab at the scarecrow, uh, nothing comes of it. And then so now that you've had a chance to collect yourself a bit, you do pull out your rapier and you're, you're holding it at the ready, ready to attack. Mucho is uh, his tail is extra fuzzy now with all of this action. Um, but he knows exactly why uh, uh, Foka has, has <laughs> come and stood next to him. And so he'll cast Cure Wounds and he holds on to his holy symbol of, uh, of the cat-headed uh, war god that he worships. Um, and as he prays, it glows in, with silver light and let's see how many hit points you get back. You get back. There we go. Uh, yeah. So you actually you get like eight hit points back. That's you only lost five. So you're back. You're back up to full. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You feel the, the there's a deep cut on in your side, kind of like it feels weird and tickles as it sews itself back up. Thanks, Mucho. Wow. Um, and that's Mucho's action. That's all we can do. (laughs) Oh, that Mucho. The morn of our campaign. (laughs) Um, The Scarecrow uh, is now just facing down at Ben, and it just lets out this wordless, like, attack sound. Comprehend languages. Pardon me? Just kidding. I said comprehend languages, but I was just kidding. Uh, All you understand is that it hates you. (laughs) Oh, no. Like so many. Um, and so I uh, got to find Ben's armor class. Uh, 11. Okay. That one just passes. Like, it's like you, you just, as you, maybe as you pull your rapier, like you just step back far enough for it to pass in front of you. The first claw. Oof. Dodging, weaving. But then the next one. Uh, so I rolled a four. Yeah. It rolls. It attacks twice. Oh no. Two. It's a rolls at a 17. So that is a hit. Oh no. And let's SML. see here what. Oh. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Don't kill me. What does this nasty wooden claw do to poor Chark? I don't want to die. Uh, that is seven points of damage. Oh my god. Uh, so Chark is down to two points of damage. That is a, yeah, there, there's a serious hit, serious hurt on, on Chark there. Oof. Then uh, let's see here. No, okay. That, those are yeah. I'm only going to let it do those two things. It's uh, I did, there's something else I'm going to maybe let it try to do next turn if it survives. Um, okay, uh, Foka, your next turn. You've got the 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 tinderbox. You're you're digging and you're 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 able to pull it out. What are you okay. going to do with the tinderbox? Uh, can I use the tinderbox to light an arrow on fire? You can, but the only thing here is that you won't. Uh, it's it's going to be a whole nother. You, you will be able to fire it next turn. Gotcha. So you like everybody's got to stay alive long enough for for your plan to to work. <laughs> we're going for it, yeah, Folke. We're going for it. Go we're big or go it? home. We. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Folke remembers the fields that uh, we raised as our army was uh, retreating during the war, and uh, you remember that straw, the natural enemy of straw, is flame. Is is flame and. 
So she deadpanedly, is that the word, yells, yeah. hold on, chalk, and begins to strike the matches. <laughs> really? Right now? Just, just a second. <laughs> I've also established some more world lore. Uh, I just hope everyone noticed uh, our army did not win, and uh, we we did scorched earth as we retreated. Yeah, destroying land. Are we the baddies? We might have yeah. skulls on our uniforms. <laughs> oh no! Well, I know. Maybe we're deserters. <laughs> that would be even more interesting. Oh, I like that. That's actually yeah. Let's uh, let, let's put a pin in that. Um, I, I prefer to leave world building for outside of combat. Yeah, we'll see how it turns uh, out. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of that time when we were running away. Chuck, no. <laughs> so uh, so yeah. So uh, Foka has has pulled out the, the tinderbox. And I'm actually seeing this tinderbox, not like a, a match striking thing, but almost like the, the, those things where you can, like you, you actually can sometimes like pull it out and then there's a little flame in there. Like it's meant to start oh. like a campfire kind of thing. Um, so it's it's kind of all, it's kind of got like a hot coal in it or something. And it, Medieval fantasy light. Exactly. Uh. Yeah. Um, and then you're you're grabbing straw, you know, you're, you're wrapping it around uh, one of your arrows, that kind of thing. Um, so you're you're trying to get that that done as quickly as possible as you're cowering behind Mucho. Um, uh, Mucho Poor like pull, uh, pulls out his uh, his mace, you know, and then just starts like looks at the the scarecrow and just like. <laughs> 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 um, uh, although it's not even Mucho's turn yet, that that hiss was just in character. Um, <laughs> Shark, what's uh, what's going to be your next action here? Uh, realizing the sort of, uh, seriousness of the attack that they've just suffered, uh, you know, there's sort of a large claw mark across the front of their, their, uh, puffy pirate shirt and vest. Um, they are going to cast thunderclap. Okay. Um, which is one of the spells, which I don't believe was on my character sheet. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, I forgot to pick them in the character builder. Uh, is it thunderclap or thunder wave? Thunderclap. So this is actually okay. a cantrip, um, an at will cantrip. Uh, casting time one action, range five feet. I believe we're close enough, and component is just sound. So I guess I go clap, clap. <laughs> clap on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's a Constitution twelve save. Okay, let's see. And what is your um, uh, Ben? Do you know what your? Uh, so this is a thing when when a when somebody casts a magic spell and there's a saving throw, the 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 victim or the recipient of the spell when it rolls their saving throw, they're rolling it against the ability of the wizard. Um, so Ben, do you know what your wizard uh, spell um, casting modifier? Yeah. Uh, I believe it's charisma. Um, or, uh, saving your, throws. Charisma. Oh, that's for me. Sorry, wrong side of things. Um, it's more like, uh, oh, yeah, okay. So it's it, this is your spell save difficulty, essentially. So this is what I have to roll higher than to beat your spell. Um, and I'm on the sheet you showed me, it's a, it's a 12. Yeah, Constitution 12. I don't know where the modifier is, if anywhere on this. Uh, it's on page four um, near the top, and it's a it's called spell save DC or different difficulty. Oh, levels. there it is. I missed it. I was scrolled down too far. Yeah, you're right. There you go. Twelve. It is. Okay. Uh, so 
Okay, so yeah, the uh, the the scarecrow has no constitution to speak of. It's a scarecrow. <laughs> he didn't roll very well. Um, what's your? Uh, uh, go ahead and roll your uh, roll your damage for that. Okay, I think it's a one d six. Yes. Oh. Uh, so, uh, and then I do I add my spell attack modifier? Um, yes. Uh, well, uh, not, no, uh, sorry, not for damage. No, because that's just to to see if it would hit. And this this hits everything. Oh, my bad. Because of the saving throw, or because right. of the Constitution saving throw. But Lexi and Mucho are going to also have to roll for this. Oh, I thought they were behind me. They, they are, but the sound goes in all directions. Yeah, I understand now how sound works. <laughs> Chark, Chark does not, but I do. I understand. That was Chark in character. Oh, I thought they were behind me. Chark is about to get a lesson. <laughs> um, hey, if you haven't played D&D for a while, maybe read the full spell before you cast it. Uh, so what I've just done is created a burst of thunderous sound that can be heard up to 100 feet away. Each creature within range, which is five feet. So they are within five feet of me? Yep. Okay, Uh-oh. Uh, must succeed a constitution saving throw or take 1d6 thunder damage. <laughs> I think I was looking for thunder wave and I got the wrong one. <laughs> Thanks, Chark. Uh, okay, so uh, Lexi, I just rolled for um, Foka and I rolled a three. So <laughs> so you didn't um, even, you've got a bonus there, but you didn't pass that constitution saving throw. So you're going to take the damage. And Mucho, okay. uh, let's see here. Um, yeah, Mujo also didn't didn't pass the difficulty roll. So, um, well, the bright side is it was the, two. The damage was two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So uh, Ben goes like that, makes a clapping sound, and uh, from his from just his hands, this uh, Chark does that. Ben Ben knows better. <laughs> uh, or sorry, not Ben. Chark uh, does this clapping sound, um, and uh, yeah, this enormous boom just shakes everybody. Um, so everybody gets, gets a little hurt by that. Everybody gets a little bit of a, a zap from that. Um, uh, Lexi, your ears are ringing. Or uh, Foka, sorry, your ears are ringing. Uh, Mucho is like kind of doing the, like his eyes are wide and his, his ears have gone backwards, you know, like when they get really nervous. <laughs> um, and... Uh, yeah, and that, and but the scarecrow also is is like hit by that. Like, there's bits of straw fly off of it, and it, it actually pushes it back a few feet. So yeah, so that's that's a good good action there, Ben. Um, uh, Mucho is now going to uh, step up. He's going to considering how badly you're hurt, Ben. He's going to uh, uh, cast a second spell of the day because he can only cast twice a day, and he's going to heal you as well. Um, and that is uh, Chark also yells out, "Sorry, wrong, wrong spell." <laughs> uh, again, holding his holy symbol in front of him and praying very loudly to his thunder war god, uh, he gives you another um, uh, five points of health back. Oh, lovely! Thank you. So yeah, you feel yourself. You feel yourself get better, um, and then Mucho stands in front of. So he, he touches you on the shoulder, and then he stands in front of both of you. He's actually Mucho's the most armored out of all of you. Um, he's wearing like a scale, oh. uh, a scale armor shell, and uh, yeah. So he's now in front, and then uh, the scarecrow, um, seeing this the situation and being hit by this magic, decides to stare down Mucho from having uh, who's now stepped in front of him. And tries to and gives him like 
this weird sort of evil eye. It's weird. Like it's almost, the eyes are like um, just hollows inside the, the uh, uh, carving out face of the scarecrow. Yeah. So there's no eyes in there, but still somehow you can get this sense of intensity and focus and staring that's getting it. That's aimed right at Mucho. And uh, Mucho has to, has to see if whether or not he's been frightened by that. Uh, and Mucho is frozen. You see, you see that, like he just, that, that those ears of his are just like stuck back there. His eyes are wide. He's like, <gasps> so he's been frozen with fear. Uh, yeah. The scarecrow then uh, takes a uh, steps past him and takes another swing at, um, at shark. And let's see if he's, if he hits. Oh no. This scarecrow is very fast. That is, uh, uh, I think, what is it? 19 to hit, so that's... Ouch. (laughs) All right, Shark. Let's see if you survived this. Uh, Six, seven points of damage. I'm down. Uh, Shark folds like a chair and hits the ground. Are you you at zero? Like, did did you... Is that right at zero? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All the way down. Uh Uh-oh. Okay. Uh, so Chark just crumples. Uh, so Foka, you've got a burning arrow <laughs> ready to go. Um, your uh, Mucho is frozen with fear, and Chark is is in terrible, terrible pain. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you want to do? Fire the arrow while while screaming for Nacho, <laughs> Mucho. <laughs> Nacho's the pet name you have for Mucho. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you guys are real close friends, clearly. For burritos everywhere. <laughs> uh, great. Okay, well, I'm, so I'm going to roll your dice for you here. Um, you really, at some point, should get some dice just for the thrill of rolling them. Yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, absolutely. This isn't, I'm not, I'm not uh, dice shaming you, but. Uh, if you get D&D Beyond, even the free version, it has a great dice rolling tool in there. Uh, and you can actually just click on things like your weapon, et cetera, to do attacks with your, uh, with all of your bonuses attached to them. It's super simple. It's really cool. This isn't an ad for D&D Beyond. I wish it was. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, we'll take it. <laughs> We're open to sponsorship, whatever. Okay, so um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna roll the uh, roll your attack here. All right. So this burning arrow is in your crossbow, ready to go, and that is a twelve, which is just what you need to hit. <laughs> yes. It's like yes. Whoa, how fortunate. You were so shaky. <laughs> You know, like with the, the nerves of the situation, like how, how tense this whole thing is. But uh, you line up just to, just perfect and pull, pull the, the trigger and the flaming arrow flies into the into the scarecrow. Let's see here what that'll do for damage. Into the belly. So normally I think an arrow is like, uh, I'm not exactly sure what the, what the uh, damage dice is for that, but I'm going to roll 2d6 instead of I think normally like 1d6. Um, and I'm going to add a few more numbers for uh, for the fire. Okay. Okay, that's I rolled two sixes, so that's a twelve, and then uh, and then I'm adding another five for the fire. Yes. So oh, this is called DM is ending the no, session. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <just teasing. laughs> well, I mean, oh, no, you actually did like a million. Yeah, you did points. a million points of damage from that really clever move. <laughs> 
Um, uh, no, because I, I what I am doing though is I am actually like rewarding ingenuity. Like you, you ask to do something that isn't really like a game mechanic. Um, it's cool, but it's cool. It and a really and the, idea. the beautiful thing about D and D is that all the game mechanics are meant to let you try anything. So. So yeah, so I'm just trying to like uh, uh, I am rewarding that, but I'm not I'm not trying to speed through anything because the scarecrow is by no means dead. It is definitely it is on fire, and that that like it's it's hissing. It's <sighs> it's so mad right now. Uh oh, that is really hard on my throat. <laughs> so I'm, we're just going to imagine the scarecrow from now on. But um, that is. Uh... <laughs> That's pretty Ooh. creepy, too. Um, yeah. Going to go stand uh, upstairs in the hallway and uh, see who do, I can wake up doing that later. Yeah, do that outside of your, your small son's room. <laughs> no, no. Just my no, wife. Just <laughs> <laughs> and you found a way to work it in. Uh, One per episode, yeah. This is two. Uh, so what did I say there? There was 12 and then another five. Uh so 17. Um, so it is, it's looking fairly hurt, but it's not down. The, the scarecrow is still, okay. uh, still up. Um, ben, can you roll a d20? Because you're, you're, uh, uh, you now have to do what we call a death saving throw. My death saves. This is one of the most exciting parts of the game. Uh, so just for Lexi and anyone who hasn't played before, if you hit zero, you're not dead, dead. You're like sort of unconscious, knocked down, and then you do death save. So uh, you have to roll, uh, I, what is it, above 10, Jay? Uh, yeah. On a d20? 10 and up is is a success, and and uh, I guess 1 to 10 is a success, and 11 to, I don't know. Yeah, 10 or higher is a success, and a, and a 20 right. is a two, two successes. Okay, and if... You need to accumulate three either saves or three fails. And if you have three fails, your character is done. That's it. Hand your character sheet to the DM. Uh, it goes into the paper shredder. Uh, or they wave a magnet in front of it if it's on your phone. <laughs> and that's it for that character. All right, here we go. Wish me luck. That is a 20. Yay! Damn. That 20. I will show it to the camera just so everyone we knows go. I am not oh, there lying. You go. lying. There's the total wow. damage. Woo! Oh, so that's two saves. So yeah, so you're you're almost back up. You're almost ready to go. Cool. Um, another way that you can get back up is if somebody uh, heals you. Mm-hmm. And that counts as you don't need the saves anymore. Wow. Uh, the uh, Mucho is uh, still frozen with fear. Um, he's just, uh, like just sitting there, eyes super wide. Like, you know how cats sometimes get when they, when they're like, they're looking incredibly afraid at nothing at all. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like their own sh- reflection in a dark window. Yeah. This is, this is kind of what Mucho's doing right now. Like Mucho's so frozen. The scarecrow's moved past oh. him. Mucho's still frozen, just staring in the same direction. Does Mucho get a save or is that it for Mucho? Uh, Mucho's stuck until the next turn, so he'll he'll be oh, awful. Yeah. Not a save. Um, uh, but then the scarecrow is it's on fire. It's uh, really pissed off. Um, it moves uh, moves to you, Lexi, uh, to Foka, who's got this uh, this crossbow that you just fired. It's upset about that. Uh. 
Let's see if it uh, if it can get you. Nice, because if they hit me while I'm down, that counts oh. as like an instant, instant. Uh... Okay, so that one missed, and that one is uh, what is it plus? <gasps> that misses as well. I think it's kind of distracted from the fire. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Burning can do that. Exactly. It's, it's got. Oh, and actually, I'm going to roll another d6 for fire damage because uh-huh. it's ongoing fire Please. damage. Suck it, scarecrow. Yeah, try not to be made out of straw. Yeah, burn much? <laughs> oh man, that's another <laughs> sick oh. burn. Hey, he's getting roasted. <laughs> Some like it hot. It's felt left out. Have you been going on Tinder lately? Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, fire it up. <laughs> Uh, before we work our way through all the possible one-liners. It's getting hot in here. Oh, no. Uh, Foka, save us from this. Uh, what are you going to do? Okay. <laughs> He's just, uh, the, the not he, it has taken two swings at you. and uh, how, how much life does this thing have left in it? Uh, it, it it's looking pretty hurt. Uh, it's pretty hurt now. It's like it, there's now it, the wood or the, the fire is starting to get to like the wood underskeleton of the, of the scarecrow. Yeah. Is it possible to use the crossbow to like bash it in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I could let you do that. Okay. All right. I want to like just bash it as hard as possible. Focus trying to crack its little wood skeleton inside of it by just hitting it as hard as she can bearing in mind the dice rolls. <laughs> um, okay. While saying some sweet one liners. Uh, of the many that we brainstormed earlier. Crack on. Of the yeah. many. Yeah. Pick, just, yeah, <laughs> stick around. I don't know. <laughs> stick around. I like yeah. that. <laughs> stick around is better. <laughs> Except you don't really want this this, this burning yeah. thing to stick around. Yeah. That's not a good one. Oh, Folka. She's, she's very distracted. <laughs> mm. I'm trying to branch out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the worst part is the follow-up. <laughs> Okay. All right. I'm gonna roll this dice for you here. Uh, so I'm. This is the the bludgeoning of the uh, uh, the bludgeoning of the, of the scarecrow. scarecrow. Yeah. Oh damn. Okay. That's a um, uh, plus a plus with a plus four. That's 19. So that's a that's a strong solid hit. Yes. Um, I'm yes. gonna make up uh, the uh, some damage here for the. For the crossbow, I'm also gonna say if you use the crossbow this way, you won't be able to use it as a crossbow for the rest of this combat basically like you'll have you'll have damaged it enough that it won't be good as a crossbow until you fix it yep okay we're doing it this is life or death i'm rolling a d8 here let's see and that's a seven and uh i think with your strength you get uh another (laughs) you get a plus two for uh for damage on that so uh that's nine and yeah, so with that, with, with this really strong hit, yes. you you like you actually snap some parts off of your crossbow, but just like I'm thinking, like a like a baseball, you know, you wind up and yep. wham, and yeah, between the 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 fire weakening it and the damage it's already already sustained, you crack it apart. Yes, scarecrow <laughs> pieces everywhere. <laughs> Your character's just standing there swirling their giant sword around. Yeah. 
Um, great. Well, yeah. So congratulations. Um, ben, Thank you. we're out Thank of, you. we're out of combat. So, uh, uh, Chark is, I'm not going to, you have to, don't have to roll again. Um, sure. You're stabilized. But I am alive. Mucho shakes it off. Like it's like he, alive. the thing where like sometimes a cat is just like, blah, 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 blah. yeah. <laughs> Singing Taylor Swift. Meow, meow, meow. Oh my god! Never thought I'd hear Ben do a cat cover of Taylor Swift. <laughs> I would do an entire cat album of Taylor Swift covers if somebody would just pay me. Hear that, everybody? Pay me to do Get it. those sweet Patreon yeah. dollars yep. flowing in for you. Want this? <laughs> we don't even have a Patreon, but uh, you know, set one up for us and start sending us money <laughs> for great content like this. Okay, so. So yeah, so you're out of combat. The uh, the the scarecrow is damn is is down down out for the count, and uh, the the bodies are still in the in uh, you know half buried in the dirt. Um, uh-huh. Is there anything that you guys want to do um, other than like obviously stabilize uh, Chark? But anything you want to do around that around that kind of mm. the situation? Um, yeah, assuming that we're just sort of like speeding past the ouch and the heel. Um, mm-hmm. boy, is there any way to find out who ensorcelled something? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a so like you could look at the you could look more closely at the scarecrow. Yeah. And you could try to see if you could see anything. I'll start there. I'll be like, okay, somebody, give me a um uh like an arcana check or like some kind of like okay. investigation check. Um, mm. whatever you're best at here. What is arcana wisdom? Um, no. Oh, okay. Uh, intelligence. Uh, none of these are great, so I'll roll them. That's fine. I oh. think it's funnier that way. So Chark is just sort of <laughs> like, you know, one hand on on their chest, holding holding what used to be a bloody wound, um, and uh, the other hand sort of sifting through. And we will roll a check here. Wait, hold on. Sorry. Do 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 do. So that is an eleven minus two, a nine. A nine. <laughs> um, Chark ain't bright. Uh, you, yeah. So you can, uh, as you like, look at the scarecrow pieces. You can, uh, um, you can tell that it has been assembled, maybe uh, more recently. Like, so it's one of those things where, like, if you didn't know to look, you couldn't have been able to tell this. But you can see that there's been like, like uh, a, a silver string that's used to tie. So it was used to tie some of the wood pieces together. Like uh, the kind of um, um, the branches are green. Uh, yeah. Like there, there's um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like the, the spell ingredients are more clear um, now that you can kind of get a closer look at it. Um, but yeah, you don't notice, like you don't notice any like identifying marks or anything like that. Mm. Uh, Foka, is there anything that you want to investigate or check out? I want to look at the bodies a little bit more of the messengers to see if there's anything on their person that would indicate any other information about who might have done this because we have a guess that it's probably the witch. Well, there's only one wizard on this here mountain. Magical personage. Uh, yeah. I want, I want to have a good body of evidence. It's like Law and Order with Ice Cube. Yeah. Dun dun. <laughs> Let's get this done, done. <laughs> oh, it's good. Uh, so, um, 
where was I going to go there? Okay, yeah. So you're investigating the bodies. Uh, actually, let me just see what your uh, rogue has. Actually, your rogue has a really good investigation. Um, so it's got you've got a plus five for investigation. I, I kind of was thinking again, like if you're an army veteran, you know, you've maybe got like your like really good scouting skills, and you know, you'd have to like figure things out while you're out in the woods. And so, mm-hmm. um, oh, great, that's like a twenty-three. So, yeah, you nailed that. Um, uh, so in terms of checking through the bodies, uh, you, so you find another one of the scrolls that's the same as the one that Chark found that like, you know, the, from the town saying, uh, please, please come, you know, uh, to what's her name, uh, Frederica, please come, you know, do, do some magic for us, that kind of thing. Um, uh, but what you also find is that Frederica's name has been, uh, has been like scratched out almost violently. Oh, and a glyph is written over like uh, over top of the whole page. Like somebody's like almost like somebody's vandalized the page. Ooh, and uh, let me see here. What your can Chark use uh, comprehend language on it, or would that work? It's one of uh, the spells Chark has. Yeah, it's trickier because Chark isn't um, a wizard, mm. but. Um, is comprehend languages like a bard thing? I'm not sure what class it's from specifically, but it is for the duration. You understand the literal meaning of any spoken language that you hear. You also understand any written language that you see, but you must be touching the surface on which the words are written. Takes about one minute. Oh, this is a, this yeah. is a spell. It's a spell cast thing. Okay. Hmm. Gotcha. Okay, great. Well then, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, done. Oh, you know what it says right here? The spell doesn't decode secret messages in a text or a glyph, such as an arcane sigil that isn't part of a written language. Uh, right. So um, I guess it wouldn't work. So, well, uh, okay. the thing is, like, when I say it's a glyph, I mean it's like a, it's a symbol, but it is not a magical symbol the way the spell means. Oh, cool. Because it's, okay. The way the, the way the, what the spell is basically saying is that you can't use it to determine a secret glyph that's meant to do a magic thing. Gotcha. But this isn't that. This is more like a, like somebody's signature or like a, like a coat of arms kind of thing. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the spell actually does work for that. Cool. Who do we got here, uh, Chark says. So uh, what you, what you d- discover when you touch this is that this is the glyph of Hosadas, who is another mage uh, who lives in the deep south, um, and uh, and is is a uh, among the many wars. I, I think I know you guys were saying that perhaps you were on the on the bad side. Um, but in like the, there was a few bad sides, <laughs> or, or the losing side at the very least. At the very least, yeah, uh, there was a few bad sides, and Hosadas was part of some of the worst. Sorry, how do you spell Tostadas? <laughs> Hosadas. Ho. H o s a d u s. D-E-U-S. Thank you. Ho salad. And uh, yeah. And so that he was one of the worst um, that uh, yeah. So that you, that, that, that the glyph is like kind of his um, uh, signature. And as a wizard, he's known for actually animating things. He's known for, for golems mm. and uh, aut- automatons and things like that. Is that something we'd know? With our experience in the war, would we know that? Uh, that's that, yeah, that's kind of world lore. That's like uh, okay, um, okay. Uh, like in fact, your unit would have been sometimes fighting against creatures that Hosadas would have animated. So Chark, 
turns to look at the camera and uh, puts on his sunglasses and said, it looks like there's a new man <laughs> on the mountain. Oh. <laughs> Fade to credits. <laughs> I think uh, that is a pretty great place to wrap this one up. Uh, maybe before I did the thing. Um, no, I think that was great. It's still a good, a, a good pausing spot. Um, I don't yeah. want poor Jason to be here forever. It's supposed to be relatively quick. We didn't even do who's that Pokemon. Uh, because this is it's dark. Well, it's I guess we sort of played who's that Pokemon, and it was Hosatus. We just kept it through our investigations. I don't choose you, Hosatus. No. <laughs> the uh, I, as soon as you said that, I was like, "What are some other? What, are, what would be some other good David Caruso puns to go with this? Like, you know, like uh, you know. Well, I guess." That was a straw man fallacy. You would never say something that would require, <laughs> like, that would, uh, you know, remove at least like two thirds of the audience from understanding it. Oh, <laughs> like even the man of the mountain thing, they'd be like, "Man, mountain, <laughs> I get." <laughs> but a straw man fallacy, they'd be like, "I don't understand that. Why is that funny?" What I'm saying is, people that watch uh, criminal whatever CSI are not very bright. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i stand by that call me out come come for me <laughs> come at me uh so how was that did you guys enjoy the enjoy the investigation mm. yeah i want to keep like i definitely see it i want to go on with it too and keep awesome building the character and figure out what the hell's going on it's great um uh that's i i'm, I'm really glad to hear that because that's the thing that like that's what makes this so much fun isn't isn't just what am i going to do but what do i get to do next yeah yeah well even like the world building and wanting to explore like <laughs> were did we desert were we left behind because we nearly got our asses handed to us there and so we're <laughs> Yeah. Did the baddies, the bad army leave us because they thought that we weren't good? And so now we're seeking revenge. I have so many questions. Uh, yeah. Did we just bail because, you know, our side lost and there was nothing left to mm -hmm. stick around for? And so we did what the only thing we could that was left, which was go and find some work. What I also think is great. Like I, I am, uh, I'm a big fan of the fact that this kind of emerged, that we didn't kind of all come to the table thinking, okay, we want to make characters that are like this, you know? Um, uh, because to me, I weirdly, I think both we and each other get more attached when it is fully generated at the table, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's part of something we're all making, yeah. a sense of ownership over everything. We didn't know they were going to be a thruple until we rolled for it. <laughs> um, we didn't know what the characters were even going to be. Like, I think, uh, uh, and now we've got these like army veterans who were maybe on the losing side, who might be on the run, um, who've like done this investigative thing. And now there's a rival mage. Like there's so many interesting places this story can go. And mm -hmm. I, I'd be totally game to, to uh, tell another story with you guys. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Let's look for uh, part two as a Patreon exclusive uh, in the future. <laughs> uh, if you, uh, you like what you heard and you want to hear uh, more, please uh, sign up for our non-existent Patreon. And uh, <laughs> this would be a great place to do it though. We could do a side, uh, a side thing like on the mm -hmm. Patreon at some point, if people were interested, that'd be 
a really fun thing to do. Yeah, we could add like the the art that we create for the characters. And- oh, character art is so much fun to do for yeah. D&D. That's one of the best things as an artist. L- like, let's just say, um, let's just keep doing this occasionally. Like every, you know, every couple of weeks sure. or like every every month or so, like do a, do a session and and mm-hmm. uh, you know, if it gets popular, maybe we do more of it or longer, longer uh, episodes of it or something. Or I think you know, the less popular it is, the more we do. Also true. <laughs> just to just to punish people. As long as we enjoy it, that's all that matters. Yeah, and people will get on board. Podcasting. <laughs> that's pod. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, sorry, I meant that's pod racing. No, that's pod racing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jason. <laughs> Uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed our first ever uh, Dork Matters uh, Dorkjans and Dragons actual play episode. Uh, Jay, before we let you go, where can people find you? Uh, where do you want them to find you? <laughs> um, I was going to say Twitter, but like, will that still exist? Um, uh, JasonMemmel.com is probably the easiest place to find me. Um, I'm on generally most of the social medias in those places. And uh if you're in Calgary, I run a theater company called Sage Theater, and we do pretty cool things every few months or so. You have a big festival you mentioned that you guys are uh, working on that's coming up, right? Yeah, well, uh, not too soon. It's coming up in June, but um, <laughs> Whoops, I jumped the gun. Sorry, Jay. But I'm working on it right now, so it's it's pretty still present in mind, and it's an emerging artist festival. So you'll see all kinds of like really new stuff. Um, like last year, we uh, recorded the first episode of a sci-fi podcast there. Um, and Ooh. we did like, uh, should we name drop it? Uh, the stargazer initiative. Cool. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's going on with me. Awesome. Well, for, um, all of us here at dork matters, I've been Ben Rankle. Jason Memel joined us, uh, this time and, uh, Lexi hunt is always here. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we just, we just leave her on, uh, <laughs> she's on the screen. If you walk by the computer, there she is. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Uh, Dork, 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 dork. Dork, dork. dork. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Dork Matters. If you like the podcast, subscribe, give us a rating, and tell your friends about us. If you are a fellow dork and have a dork issue that you think we need to discuss, tell us on our social media. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can also check out original art and other content from Ben and myself. We'd like to say a big thank you to Yabra for the use of our theme song, Dance, off of their Astral EP, as well as a thank you to Jess Schmidt for producing and editing our podcast. Thanks, Jess. Dork Matters. This podcast is created on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Nations, which includes the Siksika, the Begaini, and the Gaina. We also acknowledge the Stony Nakoda Nation, Sutena, and Métis Nation Region 3.